Orb presents Orb. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is uh, like when it's 314 o'clock on the 14th of March. It's only going to be confusing this one time. There's no other repetition. They didn't do an episode called, and I'm Gary Butterfield. Yeah. That'd so be weird. That was good of them. It'd be an honor. That'd be... But it'd be really weird. It would depend on the content of the episode. I think it could be a great <laughs> dishonor. Uh, yeah, just, man, they really gave it to the to this Gary guy. Yeah, just like just Brock punching me in the nuts for twenty two minutes. <laughs> and Dean just cheers him on. Yeah, uh, we're talking about the episode we got our name from. Yeah, Operation Rusty's Blanket or orders regarding something or other. I, I, I bodyguarding. I, I, bodyguarding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great Sandow. And it's chocolate yeah. recipes. Sandow. <laughs> Sandow. Uh, walking around doing Sandow or doing the uh, the uh, Elder Venture voice. Sandow. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, this is a weird one. It's a really cool mm-hmm. episode, like undeniably cool. Yeah. Uh, in my rewatch, I forgot how little the orb matters. <laughs> Um, how quickly they drop all of this shit. It is such a MacGuffin. I think that it ends up like, it it, it ends up just like as a, as like a a literal paperweight on somebody's shelf. Not like where they find it, but just like, it's just, it's just kind of cast off to the side and then it just disappeared into a guild warehouse, never to be seen again. It is, it is a consummate MacGuffin. It's very strange. Uh, and it just, it it does not present as such it. This episode is interesting because it presents as this huge turning point, Mm -hmm. um, for the series that just doesn't turn. And they they talk about that. They're aware of it. They're like, Oh, we're just doing a character show. We don't really do a show about magic spheres. (laughs) And I'm like, no, but you made an episode about a magic sphere. You you did. And like there, there was, there was cool stuff. And ultimately I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. They, they, they didn't pick this particular exit to get off on. Let's say, yeah, you know, I think yeah. I think the surface streets that that they find later are 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 better than than, than like what if there was an orb that the was an infinite engine? Way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I agree too. It just makes a weird watching experience. It does, like not unpleasant, full of interesting lore, but mm-hmm. like strange. Yeah, uh, this one was written by Doc Hammer. Uh, it originally aired on August the 10th of 2008. And as I said, this is lore heavy and it kind of lo- uh, looks at like why the Venture family is so important, like even separate from Jonas's work um, and kind of how the events of the series have these ties back to this long history kind of related to the organization that was the precursor of the modern guild and OSI. And, yeah, you know, well, kind of implied to be this extension of a uh, of an Illuminati type thing. Yeah. And 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 really importantly, one uh, one organization. Yes. You know, the, the guild and OSI, uh, you know, we keep referring to them playing, mm-hmm. you know, during this. And that has its origins in the fact that they were all kind of uh, all of a piece mm-hmm. at some point. You know, so of course they're just playing. Yeah. You know, and then we'll get more of that stuff when we uh, get in the next season with Sphinx. <laughs> Sphinx. Um, Thanks. Uh, the uh, so this is the first episode that Doc Hammer wrote for the season, but it took him 
tons of drafts in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So it just kept getting bumped back. And eventually this ends up being kind of a soft ramp into the finale. Yeah. This is kind of part one of three of the finale. Mm-hmm. They do uh, the, the, uh, the 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 dangling post credits that is you know that directly precedes the action of uh, of yeah. the next one, kind of like the the episode that ended with the cocoon rushing towards Spider Skull Island. Although I think they took a two episode break between those. Yeah, they, they did chill for that for a moment. Yeah. It's a it's a long rush. It's a big ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, and this one I love uh, the backstory on this one. They talk yeah. about in the commentary like let's what if we actually did a real commentary? <laughs> You're gonna see how insufferable and proud this is, uh, and and that does come through. But also just the fact that like the original scripts for this were like you know forty pages long. Yeah, like the, or whatever they wrote it like it was an hour special. Yeah, Doc put in a lot of monologues about stuff he happens to like, mm-hmm. like he's Kojima or something. Yeah, or like he's writing a, a non-ary game. <laughs> like it, it's it's very funny. Like he's just was like, yeah, I love classic art and and the the fin de siècle, mm-hmm. and I love to uh, just kind of make a little story about this where characters explain these Wikipedia entries that I like to each other. <laughs> yep. I just want to write my own version of the national treasure uh, with things that happened just slightly too long ago, too long ago for people to care about. Yeah, I got a use out of my major. <laughs> um, I mean, aside from you know, so, the fact that he was living as an artist before this, you know, let's get, get more use out of it. Got to strip that thing to the bone. True, true. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the kind of centerpiece of that is this idea that Doc Hammer has that the portrait of Dorian Gray uh, exists, not in a magical way. Mm-hmm. Like he do, he doesn't think that you know the supernatural portrait yeah. of Dorian Gray exists, but he thinks that um, there is a, a painting that that is. Based Based on yeah yeah uh, specifically it was made after the after the book was created but like the the the, the guy that the, the people that he used for the models basically mm-hmm. that he used okay this is the painter character and then this is this is dorian gray himself wild knew these guys um and yes. it turns out that whistler did do a, a portrait of de montesquieu uh shortly after that and that kind of ended up in the in the frick museum which i honestly would like to go see based on how enthusiastic doc hammer was when he was describing it <laughs> in the in the, in sure, the commentary sure it's fine yeah i don't i don't know man like i i have this very strong feeling of just kind of like i love how this guy can sell enthusiasm mm-hmm. you know uh for things but it's it's just it's going to be a small museum with a lot of classical art in it yeah you know, as opposed, like when I go to a museum, I like to, I like the wide berth, yeah, you know, the yeah. wide variety of art. Like part of it is the the history. And he's like, man, it's awesome. It's just this like billionaire who curated this, all the stuff he could afford. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's all these amazing Whistlers and Rembrandts and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. usually I spend, you know, just a little bit of time in the Whistler and Rembrandt room mm-hmm. of my, my total time in an art museum. <laughs> like I want to see yeah. people fuck shit up. True, true. Um, yeah, I want to I wanna walk through, know? I want to walk through movements, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch that, and I want. Uh, I love modern art. Mm-hmm. I want to see people creating weird experiences, and you know, showing me stuff that isn't just like, you know, I, I like classical art. This is mm-hmm. making me sound like a you know a philistine, but like, what if a dude was standing? Like, I can appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, but yeah. not. You know, it's not why I go to museums. Yeah, well, it's also like I've been to MoMA and I've been to the Met, and like you just okay what what else is is what, okay what else is there to do you can go back because obviously you can't see all of those in one visit but also this yeah. this is like small and doable you know so yeah as part of yeah. a bigger he, he, trip it seems like a cool thing to do he he sells it as a like if the the met is you know super crowded yeah, yeah. like go go here instead and you're just gonna get all 
all thriller, no filler. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, when I went to the fucking bat, they they had they rebuilt a pyramid. Like I got to, <laughs> I got to walk into a pyramid from the outside. Yeah, and they recreated a tomb. Like that's not that is worth a, a good amount of, of filler. Yeah, to deal with that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, but it, it, as always, he, pork, pork and his... los dos. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying like burn the frick museum to the ground or anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just, it was. He was describing it in a way that made it sound the opposite of what I wanted of a museum. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, yeah, um, yeah, because yep. he's a weirdo mm-hmm. and he's he's really good at portraying the stuff that he likes. You know, as uh, inherently interesting, mm-hmm. and that's a, what this episode's about. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we do get a look at the uh, at the old whatever the organization was before it became the guild. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the Gilded I look... Age is what they they call this crew. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's where they live, but that's what they that's the name they've been using for them mm-hmm. when they refer to them. And and of course, like you know, a lot of these people are dead or wouldn't have been this old. But of course, you know, the history you know is a lie. Like which president, the yeah. real president, you know. Yeah. Um, and I love the. Uh, <laughs> I love the original lineup that Doc uh, proposed. Just like people mm-hmm. that nobody knows, like all of these French uh, French novelists, the Goncourt brothers, Sar Peladon, Rudolf Steiner. <laughs> like, okay, what yeah. about this Austrian philosopher and clairvoyant? <laughs> I, I, cool, I'm exceedingly dude. happy that didn't happen. Me too. Uh, I, I love that Jackson Public was just like, no, 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 no. Like, people need to understand people, this. this. You're, you're doing a product that people have to like. <laughs> you know, like, you can't just. Like it was, it was a weird. Like I love this episode, and I love Doc Hammer, but mm-hmm. it was a weird. Uh, you know, a lot of this uh, doing this podcast has been me being like, man, I love these boys. I just want to hang out with these boys. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like this is the first time I was like, man, Doc Hammer might be hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Like he, it seems like he takes feedback well. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when you have to be like, nobody cares about your specific little pet thing. Like, yeah, we're yeah. actually making a product. Um, but I wonder. It made me think, like, how many other times that came up. Yes. Yeah. You know, where, where he's just like, oh, let's put in th- this guy that I read about. Mm-hmm. And that kind of enthusiasm over Wikipedia, like projecting your pet interest onto the world because you think it's interesting without actually presenting anything you think is interesting about it. Right. You know, just right. like presenting as a reference is, is kind of a pet peeve of mine that I didn't really realize was a pet peeve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's I mean, like if he had if he had been like, here's here's Sar Peladon instead of. Instead, you know, instead of what we what we got, which is people like you know Mark Twain and uh, Alistair Crowley, yeah, the League of Extraordinary, yeah. it, it just it, you know it, it would be more indulgent than this kind of already is, you know, and well, that like this is something where you can see the benefit of a creative partnership, right? Yes, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you're able to sharpen your sharpen your knives against each other, you know. Well, and public, you know, undeniably in this duo has more commercial taste. Yes. You know, in, in terms of things like I think that public has his eye more on like we're making a fun product that's funny and actiony, mm-hmm. you know, and, and continuously does. And that that mix is really, really good. Yeah. Um, you know, the the thing about if they had put like Sar Peladon in this, um, the the absolute best case scenario is I went and Googled Sar Peladon afterwards. Yep. And then learned what was cool about him mm-hmm. because I wouldn't get anything from the episode. No, as a, it would the, just be three white guys, <laughs> like not to yeah, be reductive, yeah, like, well, but that's what it would, that's what it yeah. would come across as in animation. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it reminded me a little bit in a weird way of when we covered uh, Neo for Bonfireside chat. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. where like a bunch of characters just kind of walked up and, and they just said their name and I was supposed to know what mm-hmm. they were and I didn't. So it's hooting and hollering and throwing the popcorn up. Yeah. Yeah, like hell yeah! Like look at all those chappies, date. Um, and I was supposed to, uh, you know, do that kind of shorthand, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and with the way that they did this, it's like, oh, I know who Alistair Crowley and Oscar Wilde Mark yeah. Twain are. Like, I, I just, I had the the cultural libretto for it, which was really important, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. uh, to making this work, I think. Yeah. Um, something about getting the, 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 those older folks in, um, and also just the extended, uh, kind of sequences that are flashbacks, but also like specifically flashbacks to the cartoon version of things that happened in Rusty's life. Mm-hmm. We get kind of a wide variety of visual styles here. So they had to do a ton of like modeling, uh, <laughs> modeling work to say like, okay, like how are these different, how are these visual styles distinct? So you get this, you know, amazing sixties, uh, action cartoon style for the rusty venture show and a mm-hmm. you know r- really neat ornate gilded age style that's kind of like desaturated but also like way more ornate than the uh than the venture brothers like house style would allow mm-hmm. yeah. i love everything with the old venture brothers cartoon mm-hmm. uh for some reason when you read about this episode and stuff there's some kind of a little bit of debate as to whether the old venture brothers cartoon was uh animated uh, and I'm like, why, why? Because mm-hmm. in this episode, they show that they put codes in like the smoke. Yeah. You can't do that with smoke. Right. You know, <laughs> like of course it was fucking animated. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, but for some reason you, you'll still see that question, like, you know, pop up in like fan communities and stuff, whether doc was just playing himself. Yeah. I never, I never questioned it. <laughs> yeah. Like Rusty's not an actor is the, you know, is, is a, is a thing. Anytime he ever gets up and, you know, tries to fake something or lie, you know, per- portray somebody else, he's not good at it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that the, the, the argument if it would be that it was like more like a documentary kind of thing, right? Like all this stuff actually happened and there was just like a camera crew there or some shit. Ugh, but I swear no. I've seen like either doc or Jackson say like, we're not sure if this was animated or not. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, of course it's fucking animated. They, they, Billy finds a, a smoke coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then it ends up being them being voice actors, which is very, you know, cause it's definitely like Rusty's young, young Rusty's voice mm-hmm. and, and Colonel gentleman and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, or it's a visual, uh, you know, or it's just kind of a plot device where like, uh, it wouldn't make sense to recast these. So, yeah. you know, just have the characters play themselves, you know, It'd be just, way too complicated. Yeah. Like this show within a show that, you know, doesn't exist has actors that we're never going to meet who, you know, it just would get very confusing. Yeah. That was a fun, like that was a fun gag when they were casting themselves on Seinfeld. You know, when they were yeah. doing the show, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be great here. I don't think. No, no. Works in Seinfeld. Yeah. One of the many things that works on Seinfeld and not the Venture Brothers. <laughs> you know? I have a big list, a big <laughs> list on the wall behind me. Yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is our very specific sub podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, uh, we open, uh, with the Rusty Venture cartoon, uh, the half jackal has taken Jonas Venture hostage. Uh, he's beaten him up and has him at gunpoint, uh, and he's demanding that Jonas hand over the plans. Yeah. But the plans are in his head. So why don't you try beating more of him out of me? Mm-hmm. Uh, the camera pulls back with Rusty on Kano's shoulder, uh, <laughs> aiming a rifle and Colonel Gentleman, uh, telling him to take the shot. Like it's uh-huh. going to kick like a mule, uh, you know, when you do that and Rusty just, you know, being abused. I, I love, uh, I don't know. I love child abuse in this cartoon. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in general, I, I, I mean, uh, it's just like the, the like the fact that this is just kind of portrayed. I mean, it's, it it is shown as dramatic, but also it's like shown as normal and necessary and laudable. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the action man waking him up by firing blanks and <laughs> not today. There's no reason why Kano couldn't do the shot. Uh huh. Yeah. 
you know, it is just such a gross, like Bart's going to kill a deer. (laughs) That boy's going to see somebody die. And if he doesn't want it to be his father, he's got to pull that trigger. (laughs) Pull the trigger. Yeah. So so not Uh, only, okay, you are going to kill somebody and you're going to live with this for the the rest of your life. But also uh, it might be your dad and uh, you would, you know, have to live with that for the rest of of your life as well. Either way, you have to live with your action or your inaction. It's a really horrible trolley problem. Yeah, supremely fucked up. Yeah, sniping sniping half jackal is the new trolley problem. Um, uh, so he does it, and then the footage that we're seeing pauses uh, on the the exhaust from the muzzle, and then rewinds and freeze frames to show a code, and we get to see uh, underwear Billy, uh, <laughs> just you know, coded as unemployed basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on a couch uh, next, you know, watching this, and calls for Pete to come in. Yeah, yeah, Pete is just. Utterly disgusted by uh, the uh, the the depths to which Billy has fallen here. As well, uh, he should be. Yeah, well, I mean, Billy also has like just a, just a big old sun tea jar full of piss uh, okay. right there. Piss bucket, shit bucket. <laughs> um, and I forget if this is from the commentary or from the from the art book. Uh, the piss jar is a Doc Hammer detail. One time, he had a piss jar for eleven months, and he thought about selling it on eBay before realizing they wouldn't let him do that. Yeah, gross, dude. Gross. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, what, what, like, have you ever, like, inside a structure piston sling that wasn't a toilet or a sink? God, no. No, nothing. No, yeah. Nothing is so important that I couldn't take literally a minute to to, you yeah. to walk to the next, to, the, like, next steps. room and use it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I peed in, in a car. Yeah. Before. Like, you're, you're in your early 20s and your bros don't want to stop. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that, that sucks. We all know that sucks. Like, mm-hmm. Dipping your dick into a Dr. Pepper bottle or whatever. Well, I mean, to, and and also, I mean, just the horrible like it's basically a like a like a jigsaw puzzle or uh, or, or yeah. trap. Like you okay? It's you, you're you just stick. <laughs> but I mean, like not even. I mean, just you, you just you just put your dick over the rim. It's fine. Uh, but uh, but just like watching it fill up and gauging the rate of fill versus mm-hmm. uh, how how much you feel you got left in the chamber. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. That's a, it's, so I, I do not really like, come on, man. No piss bucket. <laughs> like, just get up. I know you love your work. Get yeah. up. Yeah. Um, the, the code in the smoke describes length and circumference of a cylinder. And this is the final piece of the puzzle that Billy's been searching for, for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, he holds up a toilet, empty toilet paper tube, mm-hmm. uh, which then you can use as this, this type of cipher, a cylinder cipher, yeah. which you can wrap the paper with the gibberish around it, uh, to get, the actual code yeah have things uh have things line up it's called a siddly i think um and billy is distraught because he thinks that it just uh has yielded him another code you know oh your your bright your prize your prize has more work to do and he reads off a bunch of it but then uh you know pete says oh it's a it's a url uh but that's impossible because the rusty venture mm-hmm. cartoon is from the 70s this is never addressed and I'm not going to nope. be, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. It's just funny given how, how well the rest of it is put together. <laughs> the, the, yeah, I, I don't really weird. understand, yeah. uh, you know, what this, this choice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go to a map quest, uh, link basically, and it shows the venture compound, a specific yes. place in the venture compound. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really cute little beat before the thing where Pete's like, and look at this, I could save 1.3 miles if I take Ridge street <laughs> uh, to, the, to the venture compound, yep. you know, which as far as I know, they live on or live like right <laughs> on the periphery of <laughs> they live in a desert. <laughs> it's a completely yeah. different biome. 
Oh, it's, it's very close though. Yeah. Because, um, God, what there's, there's, yeah, it's close. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what, what evidence I have of that, but it is nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, there's a lot of biomes. It's like Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we, you know, we cut, we get our, uh, we get our intro sequence and we go over to the compound. Pete is there, uh, and Dean is running a slide presentation. He's kind of made up like, Hey, here's the, here's the breadcrumb trail that I followed, you know, of all of this, you know, all of these Billy. ways that, uh, that information. Yeah. Billy. Yes. Uh, Billy, yeah. uh, Billy was saying like, here's, here's all of the ways that this information that is really important has been encoded into like minor details. So like the yeah. way that like lines, uh, on a pyramid are drawn as Morse code, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool shit. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, you know, doesn't remember this. Like all you've proven is, uh, you know, you, you have too much time on your hands mm-hmm. and, uh, I would rather learn the mystery of why I haven't gotten any money from these DVD sales, which is a kick <laughs> in the dick. Yeah. Uh, it was just DVDs of him getting, you know, being forced to murder. Um, the, the final slide, uh, this all leads to this blueprint of the compound in a specific spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the codes leave this location and Brock's like, yeah, that's my herb garden doc. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Um, uh, and the he herb tries garden. to pull him aside. I'm not going to, you know, dig in that. Yes, the herb garden was actually uh, established, like, uh, yeah. like season one, I think. It's a yeah. It's a uh, guild wasps are landing on his herb garden. Gotcha. At one gotcha. point. Yeah. 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 They're just like, hey, you, you know, but, but you know, Rusty refuses to go, you know, to go off to the side of him. Um, Hank, of course, you know, reads this whole pull sides thinking, OK, uh, Brock is going to sque- going to swear or talk about naked sex ladies, which is one of the better kinds of sex ladies. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, Brock, you know, he, he said he gives it up. He's like, when I was given this ridiculous this excellent assignment. Uh, I was told, given explicit instructions to watch that spot of ground. Yeah. I'm not going to dig there. And rusty of course says, well, your employer will, uh, he wants, he wants treasure. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, he's like, I'll do it. I'm not a coward. I'm up to any task. You know, I wrote a Komodo dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have dangerous spit again, Wikipedia, Yeah, uh, you know, just, just really, really laying out that way. Like we all know who Komodo dragons are cool. Doc. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we cut to him. Uh, he says anyone's up to the task, but he's dressed his children as slaves yep. um, from their slave outfit to make them do it. Yes. So he uh, is sitting an umbrella, sitting under an umbrella at the pool, barking orders to Hank, who is doing the digging. Uh, and he has yep. Dean bringing him uh, a pitcher of our first docktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Red Moco Cooler. Yeah. Uh, which if the show gets successful enough, we'll have to try at some point. Uh, it's Kahlua. Uh, Hershey's chocolate syrup, unstirred, mm-hmm. and then a sprinkle of red Kool-Aid on the top to form a crust. Yes. Uh, you are not mixing the uh, the red Kool-Aid in. It is supposed to be, nope. you know, floated on top. You're supposed to float. Nothing gets mixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, in, in the best will in the world, I was trying to think of what this would taste like. Because I was like, doesn't Kahlua already taste like Hershey's chocolate syrup? I mean, Kahlua, like, I mean, Kahlua tastes like sugar. It's, it's technically yeah. a coffee liqueur, but it tastes like sugar. Yeah. And then just chocolate syrup, uh, which this one at the very least doesn't give you the proportions. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at the worst, this could taste like uh, drinking cherry coffee or cherry Kahlua. Yeah. You know? yeah. Pretty bad. Uh, my favorite docktail is the one with the tall pour of grenadine. Um, <laughs> we're going to get to that, but it's so fucking disgusting. <laughs> I, I, I need to check the expiration. I have a bottle of grenadine in my fridge. That like, oh, yeah. and you know, yeah, no. And I mean, the thing about grenadine, uh, you're using a dash of that every once in a while. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. You give yourself a tall pour. I mean, it's it's um, it's just cherry. It's literally just just cherry simple syrup. Syrup, yeah. Like the dock sweet tooth is very funny to me. Yeah, but also like so you say okay, it, it would probably just be uh, you know just like cherry cherry co- or, uh, chocolate or whatever. The fact that it's not okay. mixed in, like, have you ever tasted uh, like j- just plain um, uh, unsweetened uh, Kool Aid mix? Uh, yeah, it's very tart. Oh, it's incredibly sour. Yeah, this would yeah. have a this would have a certain amount of uh, kick to it. Bite. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be like something in like a, a coffee chocolate sour head oh. kid or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> Pete White is is being smart and just sticking to Fanta. Yep. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, Hank hits something. He thinks, okay, you awesome. We we found it, and he opens it up. He thinks it's a box of old mops, uh, but in fact, uh, it is Scamp's corpse the uh yep. yeah the the the, the dog like the that the doc skinned yeah. yeah um the uh so we cut over to broccoli in his room listening to zap uh <laughs> and rusty tunnels through on accident um throws through his window in this avalanche of dirt with uh with all of this stuff brock's exasperation is more people fall in they bring yeah, more dirt like with them falling into his room yeah um the uh they found a box I uh, hear um, it has lettering that says venture bodyguard. Mm-hmm. So they know it's for Brock. This is super confusing and they were confused about it when they were making it mm-hmm. um, again, just kind of this episode flying pretty close to the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and Pete and Billy fall in next and they compliment Brock's pad. I just, I love that Brock's Brock's solution to all of this is to just go away and like mope like a teenager. Just, just mope yeah. like, just, I'm, I'm going to go be the, go be the dad from american beauty for a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's got conflicting orders yeah you know he can't um, stop doc but he does you know he, he has to protect and also stop him mm-hmm. uh and uh billy uh, gleefully holds up this old cigar box uh that he recognizes from the cartoon like oh i've i've seen it yeah mm-hmm. um hank and dean fall in hank says he's got even more treasure uh he's got this card and uh this 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 strange coin, mm-hmm. uh, but it is Dean's, Dean's Pog Slammer and Yu Gi Oh card. Uh, and uh, Rusty takes them away. What did I tell you about gambling? Uh, very good. Like gambling on Yu Gi Oh. Oh, good. Um, the, uh, so uh, Rusty, the boys, Pete and Billy are at the kitchen table opening up a cigar box and it has a long strip of paper, which Billy can now decode or can still decode because he has the toilet paper tube. Yes. But back in his room, uh, we have, you know, one of the other pieces of the puzzle here. Uh, Brock has, you know, uh, looked in his box and found this uh, this vinyl cylinder, like a little uh, mm-hmm. uh, phonogram uh, kind of thing. Uh, and he puts it on and it's a it's it's a real ass person. Uh, it is yeah, it is Sandow, the famous bodybuilder. Uh, the, the father of bodybuilding yes the first bodybuilder yeah and like you know yeah. just if, you, if you're picturing like a like a uh you know 1900s bodybuilder like old timey you know lifting uh yeah. like like lifting round weights on the beach in a striped uh striped uh onesie with a big old mustache yeah, yeah that's that, that that's sandow he's he, that's he's sandow. the guy <laughs> that's sandow yeah. for you um, that's what we call hey hey dating baby that's sandow <laughs> uh but he used to be the bodyguard for colonel venture who was rusty's great grandfather mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and in this flashback area, when he's talking, we on the way to the flashback, he's talking about uh, he didn't believe this device he was told to protect existed. Uh, we go into the flashback of uh, this large, ornate, arcana mass Zeppelin is under <laughs> attack. <laughs> um, and Phantomus, uh, Phantom Limb's grandfather or great-grandfather, uh, says that, you know, the guild is at war with itself. We must activate activate the device. Mm-hmm. Um, Colonel sa- Colonel uh, Venture says, you know, we can't do it. That's only when we run out of options. And we get this little shtick of these old-timey League of Extraordinary Gentlemen guys kind of debating this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark Twain steps in saying, you know, oh, you know, the guild's on the verge of losing everything. He is on uh, Phantomas's side uh, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Venture says, no, you know, the orb was designed for the good of mankind, you know, not to be used for self so for selfish purposes. Phantomus says, yeah, okay, well, what, you know, what is the guild for, if not for deciding what is best for mankind? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Oscar Wilde pops in, you know, uh, saying, you know, for shame, our, you know, we should not do this. Our order is meant to protect man. It is best not to become a guild of calamitous intent. Wink. Uh, <laughs> but the elephant in the room is that the ball does need to be tested. Yes. Uh, and who jumps on this, but uh, noted uh, obese pervert, <laughs> Alistair Crowley. Yeah. Fuck um, like that guy. Who's, yeah, not not a good dude. Yeah. Um, not because he's obese, but just, right. uh, you know, it's a weird, whenever they show him, they, a lot of times they'll, they'll this shows him as chonky. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they portray him as like kind of an evil wizard. Mm-hmm. Like a Rasputin and, uh, kind whenever, of guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he says, you know, the, he's about to grab the orb uh, to use it for himself. Um, but Sandow grabs it uh, from him, tosses it to Venture, and then takes Crowley out and, uh, you know, heat signatures him. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, so. he, he gives him the old no ticket treatment. Um, yeah. you know, a, a hit lands, the Zeppelin shakes and everyone falls over. Uh, I love this. Like, okay. The other factions, uh, Tesla and the Avon ladies have landed an attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love uh, that it's the Avon ladies. The Avon, Avon ladies is very funny. Yeah. Uh, in real life, the Avon ladies were founded by this point, but they had a different name. They were yeah, called something yeah. like the California perfume company. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, but this this is funnier. Avon Ladies is one of those things where, like, by the time I was uh, hearing about it, it was already gone. Yeah. But it was yeah. still like a constant joke on like Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. You know, the Animaniacs uh, would lie and say they are the Avon Ladies all the time. Yeah. Uh, can, can I make a uh, a recommendation, uh, not just to you, but to people in the audience? Of course. There's a very good podcast called The Dream. Uh, that okay. did, they they did their first season on like specifically multi level marketing aimed at women. Uh, kind of talking about like Avon and uh, uh, oh gosh, what are some of the other ones like makeup stuff? And then like ultimately yeah. like uh, uh, Versa Life is that one of them? I think you know you know what uh, I Versa mean. Versa Life is the name of a company in Deus Ex. Yeah, they're working for Versa Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's very good. They 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 talk to a lot of people who uh, you know uh, got sucked into it, and some people who uh, had a good experience. Way more people who had a bad experience. It's it it's good. Just the, yeah, the mention of the Avon ladies here reminded me that that was a good ass season of a show that I just fell off of because they started talking about the wellness industry and oh. that's just kind of boring. Just well, lots of sunning your taint and that's it. Hey, taint's got to get. <laughs> Has my taint ever seen the sun? <laughs> it's kind of like having a friend who's never seen the ocean. Oh, we got to fix that, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about it. I think not. I, I mean, I've been nude outside. I'm, it, very rarely but i mean if it was going to happen like did, did did a parent or a caretaker ever change your diaper outside like Ooh. at a like at a picnic or something 
Yeah. I think your privilege is showing because you're the kind of baby who had their diaper changed, Cole. I wish I had to tell you about my horrible upbringing. Um, yeah, that would be the way, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while for the old girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, huh. Yeah. Yeah, sunning your taint. Yeah. I will subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> oh man uh but just i just love that the avon ladies are just up there in their own uh their own personal aircraft uh very arcanum <laughs> yes uh but uh, uh sandow you know he makes his case he begs venture you know not to not to use the orb uh but he knows what he must do right yes uh and uh he starts doing this chess metaphor and he runs out of cylinder yeah yeah as he's recounting um, uh as we're recounting here um and uh so you like and a, I are like pawns yeah but no the horse pawns that can move like an l <laughs> etc yeah so uh there should be a second cylinder uh where this continues uh but all that is you know there's the, there's nothing in the slot uh there is just a, a booklet labeled orders regarding bodyguard termination clause yeah uh hank is reading the results of the codex in the cigar box uh which is this riddle uh in minuet's bargain sets the house that coke built in the quiet room or the loud room of quiet whistlers behind the gray gentleman sits the two two one two one zero yes um and pete's googling it uh you know minuet is the guy who bought manhattan island mm-hmm. um and he's just like very excited like we're just gonna google all these riddle results yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah, these old these old timey fools didn't count on us having having the internet did they ha ha no. uh this this no. this is not going to work because uh, uh information is different than knowledge yeah yeah uh yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, they conclude, okay, so Minuet, that, that's Manhattan. The house that Coke built was obviously Studio 54. Uh, yeah. The, the, the famous, uh, you know, disco uh, cocaine uh, palace. Uh, and Billy mm-hmm. is delighted, you know, just uh, not only is he, you know, somebody who has demonstrated he will uh, try and solve puzzles for 30 years. But, like, this globetrotting adventure is just like the old show that he is a huge fan of. Yeah. he's he's This is a rock and roll fantasy camp. Mm-hmm. You know, for him. Uh, and we says it just like the old show. We get the intro from the old show, uh, which I really love. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of these shots are just stolen from specifically from old, like old Spider-Man and old uh, Johnny Quest and stuff. <laughs> uh, it's super good. Yeah. Sponsored um, by smoking. Yeah. Smoking. Just in general. <laughs> but just, uh, just Rusty struggling under the trap net. Like, ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah, just wiggling. Yeah. It's good. Um, the, uh, so we cut over to, uh, Billy in Rusty's, uh, old seat in the X1. He's like, oh, I'm in your old seat, aren't I? Rusty's pretending not to remember. Yeah. Uh, and they make it to Times Square, uh, having put on their, their outfits, their costumes. Uh, Rusty calls him on this. He's like, no, no, no I mean disguises. <laughs> um, and it's Rusty's old costume, mm-hmm. which is, uh, has not, you know, grown along with him. That'd be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Billy has made his own quiz boy outfit. Yeah. I, uh, which I, is very funny. I like his question mark hat like that. The, the, mm-hmm. That's fun. Uh, he's wearing like, you know, kitchen, like dishwashing gloves. He's got a, he's got a grappling hook dangling off of his belt, but all of this is kind of undermined. You know, it is obviously home homemade, but it's creepy because we get to see Billy's very hairy upper thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, Billy's whole body is, yeah. Like a lot. It's a lot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back at the compound, Brock says, Hey, did you guys find another cylinder? Dean says uh, that their uh, their dad took it to New York City. Um, 
he's thinking he did they didn't though he's thinking of the uh toilet paper tube mm-hmm. yeah cylinder so again this is some weird shit to try to get across an animation yep you know it's like, <laughs> like wrong, uh, wrong cylinder yeah yeah wrong <laughs> like a classic cylinder mistake <laughs> um it's very confusing yeah um you know brock uh, is gonna leave ask pete to watch the boys but pete asks about dietary restrictions <laughs> uh you know noticing that hank eats a lot of refined sugars so brock says he'll just get orpheus to do it <laughs> i love that just know that you're too much trouble i will do extra work to avoid doing this uh, well and also the show continuously shitting on pete well of course like yeah. the show hates pete <laughs> so much uh so brock is in his car you know his badass is his cherry ride uh and he talks to his uh his voice assistant you know he he wants information about his active assignment they ask for his password which of course is john bonham rocks the drummer yeah. for led zeppelin obvs yep yep uh and he learned you know, his mission uh, operation rusty's blanket he asks for information on the ter- uh, bodyguard termination clause but it requires a, a higher level of clearance so he's trying to find his code uh and read it and it keeps telling him the wrong code mm-hmm. or he's got the wrong code when he eventually gets it right uh the car autopilot kicks in and tries to kill him yeah um it is his termination clause mm-hmm. um i was unclear as whether it successfully took the code or is just too many login yeah attempts here you know when i first saw it mm-hmm. um I, again i think this is uh kind of a confusing episode yes there there was probably a detail that was cut that would have clarified specifically what is going on here um also because like he's gonna go and talk to hunter but also like th- you know that th- this th- this is gonna be a subterfuge you know yes yeah. yeah if if the idea was that the car would try to terminate him as soon as he put in that code. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done the shtick with him trying to read the code. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it, there's some weird, like, I like this episode a lot. There's some weird slop in it though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it, it is a little bit confusing. Yeah. Uh, so Brock, uh, has headed to, uh, to night nails to, uh, talk to mm-hmm. Hunter, talk to Hunter gathers, uh, who is the featured dancer. I got no idea what, what Hunter's pronouns should be. So we're just going to go back and forth. Probably. Yeah. They refer to uh, and, Hunter as a him, but yeah, it's yeah. And and Hunter goes back and forth as well. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. We, we talked about Hunter a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I love the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, here. <laughs> you know, Jin neat, you cretin. Um <laughs> and good God, that hack actually found it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, I, I love everyone's surprised that Rusty found was the one who did this too. Like later, it was very good. Yeah. Um, he was like, do you want the good news or the bad news? And he asked the good news. There's no good news. Uh, just bad news and weird news. And weird news. Um, uh, Brock's job was never to protect Rusty, uh, but instead uh, something that Jonas hid from him. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea was if uh, Rusty had the noodle to find it, uh, his his father thought he'd be okay and know what to do with it, but I'm guessing he was wrong. And uh, Brock's like, "Yep, yep." Just the the the, yeah. the pronounced p at the end of that is very good. <laughs> like, yeah, super good. Oh man! Yeah. Uh, but the device is the orb. Uh, it's the orb that we saw in uh, Sando's Sando's flashback. Uh, and Hunter, you know, circles circles some stuff, revealing you know, orders regarding bodyguard. That's Orb. Operation Rusty's blanket. Orb. It was right there the whole time, but he doesn't know what the orb actually is. Like this is even yeah. above Hunter's pay grade. Yep. Uh, so he he helps him out. 
you know, he needs to get to the second so he gives him some spending cash. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't like this comes up. There's another time where he gives him a, a car mm-hmm. and some money. Uh, I don't know why Brock doesn't just have cash here, uh, <laughs> but it is good that he just gives him the, the, the wad and just don't you dare ask me what I did to get those hundred dollar bills. Um, yeah. yeah. Get on uh, your grind, Hunter. Come on. Make that paper. <laughs> um, so uh, Brock and, and at some point, like on the way there, Brock books a flight to New York yeah. as well. Like he has the boys do it and stuff like it again, real uh, fiddly. Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually gets to where he's supposed to be going uh, here. He's walking down this hallway, following a tracker uh, in this uh, apartment and Kano bursts through a closet and mm-hmm. grabs him. Uh, here grabbing on a stranglehold, but Brock reverses it and brings Kano down on him, crushing him in a 69 position. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Brock gets up and dusts himself off like, OK, this is a misunderstanding. Here's to, let's let's re- re-square off. Um, and Kano speaks this is the first time that we've heard Kano speak, you know, saying, oh, he never imagined that they would send Brock to kill him. Yeah, send you. Like the, he knew somebody was coming. Yes, but he didn't think this happened. Uh, Brock is like, "Well, aren't you? Aren't you mute?" And he uh, says, "No, you know, I went uh, voluntarily silent as penance for taking a great man from the world." Um, this is some weird detail because every time Kano is shown, regardless of when it is on the timeline, he is mm-hmm. silent. Yep. Uh, even before the taking of a great man. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if that's a uh, you know uh, playing the same rib twice and making. Yeah. two distinctly different tones or if that you know mm-hmm. where that where that's at but i, I uh, mean ding cinema sin uh, <laughs> i just I, I mean it's it's done in service of a gag which is what a you know what is somebody who hasn't been able to speak for many decades uh like yeah. like like, like you know, what, you, what wisdom does he have uh you know kind of like uh, waiting in there no he's just really enthusiastic to talk about top chef uh, and yeah, he wants I, to go to he wants to go to uh, uh, karaoke to sing the Humpty Dance. I, I love that Brock watches Top Shelf. I love that he's like, "Do you watch Top Shelf?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't like Top Design though." Uh, that's perfect yep. uh, to me. That's that's the good part of that joke. Um, the uh, it's just a weird like, uh, but it feels like to me is a little bit too much red herring chaff. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's them definitely uh, drawing the road as they walk over it, because at this point, I am sure they did not know who Kano actually killed, Mm -hmm. you know, and and what happened here. Like, I'm sure they did not have that story in mind. Yes. You know, learning when we were in the first episode of this and we're like, man, this foreshadowing stuff is amazing. Reading all the books and doing all the commentary and being like, no, 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 they just include a lot of details so they can draw stuff around it later. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's not less admirable or less difficult to do or less mm-hmm. cool. I don't yeah, think. Right. Right. But I think that it does kind of give lie to a lot of the grand planniness. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really what we're doing. These are more like talented improvisers than yeah. they are long-term architects, I think. Yeah. And you know, the talented improviser, like these are details and contradictions. I never noticed when I was just watching this casually, it just kind of also highlights this close of a read isn't what this was designed for. You know? No, not not remotely. <laughs> you know, like those guys would hate this show. Yes, uh, <laughs> like I don't I don't know if that's true, but mm-hmm. nobody tell him. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know Brock says like he's not there uh, to kill Kano. He's looking for answers about the orb. Uh, Kano laughs and says, uh, "Ask if Rusty found it looking for change uh, in the couch cushions," <laughs> which is because uh, everybody uh, dismisses Rusty. Even Kano, not having not spoken, just the, the his, his opinion is that that, that Rusty is. Uh, just a just a hack. He's he's hapless. Yeah. Just complete yeah. disdain for the man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
you know, Kano pulls out his, uh, the cylinder that he has and, uh, he's like, well, what the hell does Doc have? Knowing Rusty, a roll of toilet paper, uh, <laughs> which is what he does have. Right, um, right. And we cut over to Rusty and Billy in the bathroom backstage at Studio 54. <laughs> um, they, they uh, I love this little bit where like, the house, the Coke built, you know, in the room of quiet whistlers. Okay. The backstage bathroom, just <laughs> like, okay. Uh, behind the wild gray gentleman. And they just motion over to a bathroom attendant who doesn't do anything, but just looks like, like, just like a mad scientist. Yeah. Doesn't respond to them pointing out being like, behind nope. the wild gray gentleman. <laughs> it's very funny. He's in the background element. Uh, and Billy's like, and I assure you, the uh, serial number on that baby changing table is the you know two two one two one zero. Very funny. Um, the uh, Dr. Orpheus shows up and is like, I don't think the code would mention Studio Fifty Four if this was from the Victorian age. Uh, you know, good point. Even though we did have the anachronism with the uh, website, the yeah. Adventure Brothers cartoon as yeah. well. Um, but he says, since this is from the, the turn of the century, I've got a, a siphon master, cipher master I know who knows the 19th century like the back of their hand. Yeah. Um, uh, and he actually projects away. And I, I, I love that it, Hank and Dean, either they have, they, they, they always do this or they have always wanted to do this. They know immediately we go grab toilet paper and wrap it around Orpheus's body while he astrally projects. Like TPM. <laughs> <laughs> yep. and the cypher master of course is the alchemist we get uh we get mm -hmm. al here uh and it's a it's a it's a bummer that we don't get more al i, I would I like i want yeah. al and al and billy <laughs> to, to go and do yeah, this uh, stuff apparently there's deleted scene stuff with al yeah, yeah uh and it's not doc explaining uh wikipedia as he likes yes yeah. um it's him more talking about his ex-boyfriend mm -hmm. which i am down for um you know we get uh our flashback this is brock listening to the tape um, it's a flashback to the Gilded Age with Sandow telling Venture he doesn't think it's a good idea to use the orb. Um, and Venture just, just ex exposition dumps the origin of the orb. Mm -hmm. Like, Sandow would know this. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. He's just like, it's the orb. <laughs> Archimedes began the orb's construction. Da Vinci, Newton, and Galileo added to it. All the great thinkers, poets, and scientists have had the orbs in their hand. <laughs> um, you know, nobody knows what the orb is, but he believes is an eternal engine a power source because he is a man of hope yes uh, this is uh something that his grandson would take and use as the sign off for the show yes you know so venture you know he makes a, he makes this resolution he is going to activate the orb uh and this results in sandow uh strangling uh colonel venture to uh to stop it um, or so we are led to believe yes uh, at this point <laughs> right um, there, there's some, there's some misdirection with this later, mm -hmm. um, in the, uh, the revenge society episode, I believe, mm -hmm. but uh, right uh, now that is the implication. Yes. This is what Sandow confess, confesses into the cylinder, uh, keeps going, but he is just using this, uh, this fantastic technology to, uh, to list some chocolate recipes. Uh, the real Sandow went on to become a chocolatier, like in his retirement yes. from, uh, from bodybuilding, which is a real fun 180. <laughs> yeah. It's like Mark McGrath. <laughs> he's got that kind of career path yeah uh yeah the, uh, just nobody could predict it but uh but, Kano, um, but Kano kept it uh, that, that's why Kano kept this so he could uh so he could have the chocolate recipes yeah he likes to bake yeah um so brock puts two and two together like basically the idea here is that bodyguards are assigned to ventures but they're really not there to guard their body they're there to kill them in case they get the orb yes um he asked if Kano killed jonas venture senior uh and Kano goes quiet right um again we're going to find out more about this later mm-hmm yeah. 
So the alchemist back at the compound uh, says, hey, we need to start all over from this. You guys got the Manhattan part right. The whole Minuit's bargain, but you you went off in the wrong direction. Um, and he says, hey, Pete, go to a dictionary. Um, you know, the Internet's useless for this. Like, go get an actual dictionary. It's only good for finding out if your boyfriend is sleeping around on you. I just I, yeah. I, I love this. It says reading your friend's comments on your on your on your MySpace profile hardly counts as snooping. Yeah, it just shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, I want the extended scene of that. Yep. Um, the, uh, the first definition, uh, for Coke is the residue left after burning coal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's not, they're not trying to find cocaine. They're trying to find a coal magnate with a home in Manhattan. Yes. Um, maybe my favorite scene in the episode <laughs> is Billy tunneling into the wall and the security guard walking in <laughs> and Rusty pretending that Billy is his son changing his pants. Uh, <laughs> and he's just like, well, okay, little Billy, put your legs up. And the, the security guard is he says he's like hey, God, he's gonna be a football player there we'll carry on don't let me stop you which is one of the weirder fucking things that somebody could do like i'm changing my baby and just being like well do you mind if i pull up a seat you know i never i never pass up the opportunity to see a baby be changed it's a miracle <laughs> oh man it's it just it, that's so weird <laughs> <laughs> and Billy, like, after this is over, he whispers, this is how we lost George Michael. <laughs> I can't remember how George, how we lost George Michael. Uh, George Michael was fooling around with an underage person in a bathroom. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, that came up last night for some reason. We were talking about how he's, you know, a good dude. George uh, Michael? You know, like, well, well, can see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, well, well known to be, like, a really good dude where he, like, um, had like paid for for fans ways through college and all that kind of shit. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. I want to I want to so, make sure legal oh, trouble. Yeah, you're you're wrong, man. George, George Michael died in his bed, uh, in 2016 in his home. No, no, no. I didn't say he died that way. He was arrested for engaging oh. in a lewd act in the restroom of the Will Rogers Memorial Park gotcha. in Beverly Hills. Uh, he was arrested by an undercover policeman. Um, I'm I'm reading Wikipedia. That's pretty funny. Um. Yeah. So it wasn't underage. I think this is how we lost him is what. Right. Made you me think. Up. Yeah. So it, like uh, George Michael. So it wasn't somebody underage. I, I apologize for making that uh, accusation. Uh. But um. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was. Uh. It was like an anonymous sex thing. So I think Billy. When Billy said like, "Oh, this is how we lost George Michael," like you know, it's kind of like, "Oh, this is how we lost Pee Wee Herman." Right. You know, just yeah, yeah. busted on a lewd act for uh, lewd act in public. Yeah. Even though we we lost neither of them. Right. Is a weird. I again. I don't know. Like something about doc episodes. Every once in a while, brings the editor out. <laughs> where I, I just want to be like, I want to quantum leap into Jackson for a minute and fix all these little tiny things. Like just a word choice thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is what happened to George Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so uh, lost uh, doesn't mean a lot of things. It does. Yeah. Or it doesn't. Like the, if, yeah. if we lost somebody. Like that's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that strongly implies one thing. Yeah. Um, um, they get radioed to go to the Frick Museum. <laughs> uh, and the, and the, the audience, the spectator uh, security guard, mm-hmm. ask what that's about. And Billy has to cover for it, which is very good. And my DS light, goo goo gaga. <laughs> so he probably shouldn't be able to talk if they're changing his diaper. Yeah. So good. <laughs> So, um, Al asks, you know, Hank, who is sitting there, uh, with the code, you know, how is the wild and wild gray gentleman spelled? Hank thinks that it's spelled just, you know, the old fashioned way, just with a superfluous E at the end, the way all oldie things were done. Um, and mm-hmm. no, it's, you know, just an E at the end. It's a surname. It's like Oscar Wilde. 
Yeah. Yeah. They basically, they just figure out the riddle. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, like they crack the code the, the, about the Frick Museum, the room of quiet whistlers, the whistler mm-hmm. wing at the Frick. While a great gentleman is the portrait that, uh, again, that, uh, that can you know, that theory, the doc hammer. Yeah. Has, yeah. The portrait of DeMontis. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so we, we cut over to, uh, Billy breaking into the, the Frick dropping in through skyline, shooting a, a, a little line launcher, you know, uh, <laughs> and Rusty just walking up behind him, you know, <laughs> you know, a whole lot of, come on, tell me you never wanted to do that. Right. Uh, right. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to the painting and they're going to just destroy it. But Rusty's like, what if we check the room behind the painting? <laughs> Which is, you know, which Billy's like, okay, yeah, that's right. Also, Rusty's back. Like, you know, and and Rusty is actually like kind of enjoying this. It's it's fun to be back in the rhythm, right? Yeah, he's he's uh, he's having a good time. Yeah. Um, And Brock has gotten there at the same time. He's kind of stalking them, uh, pulling out a knife, thinking he might have to kill Doc. Yeah. At this point, Uh, Rusty and Billy get to the office behind the painting and Billy is checking the subs uh, or the shelves rather. Um, when Rusty realizes that the uh, the code, the 221210, is a substitution cipher for the letters ORB in the clue text. Yes. So the 22nd letter is O, the 12th is R, and the 10th is B. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is, okay, like that, like that is exactly what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for an orb and he looks off to the, looks off to the side and sees that there is an orb just out in plain sight acting as a paperweight. You know, and he, he he says it's a thing his dad said. You know, like, oh, I always hide it in plain sight. It's just, it's just the old purloined letter trick, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Um, so Billy want needs to know what it is because he's there for the mystery. Mm-hmm. But Rusty says, you know, my dad was a shitty father, but he was a good scientist. If he hid this, he hid it for a reason. We need to figure out what it does and if it can help mankind. Yeah. Uh, and then he does the quote from the the episode because we are not only men of science, we are men of hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy finishing it. Yeah. Uh, and Rusty's like, well, how did you know how I was going to finish that? Oh, it, it ends every episode, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Rusty is, like, into this enough that he actually agrees. He actually agrees. Oh, we're going to mm-hmm. do, do a go team venture, you know? So mm-hmm. so they do this as Brock, you know, looking on, realizes, okay, he's not going to use the orb so we can, he doesn't have to kill his kill his friend and his uh, and his employer or his client. Or I guess just yeah. a dude he's a dude he needs to be near while guarding this thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh the uh so the post credits, Rusty uh puts the orb in a safe uh behind the Mayan calendar in the pool room. So orb is extant, but uh it's just gonna hibernate for a season. Yeah. Um Hank asks what the treasure was, and Rusty says it was just a note from his father. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a sweet little moment. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Rusty asked where Brock is because he needs to clean up his room. It's a pigsty because uh, they <laughs> tunneled into it. And uh, Brock had smuggled his way back uh, on the X1. When he gets out of his car, the sentient Dodge Charger, uh, mm-hmm. his headlights turn on him and speed towards him, giving us a freeze frame and a little intro into the, uh, the season finale. Yes. The uh, two part season finale that we will talk about the first part of next week. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a weird episode. Like, I like this episode. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I wish, um, I can't remember the last episode that I felt this way about, but I, I had a, a strong, like, it needs more jokes yeah. feeling to it. Like, I don't think it's that funny. Yeah. It's cool, but I don't think it's that funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, it's, it's not the perfect mix for me. Yeah. There, there's just the, the, there needs to be like a, uh, like a balance to it. I mean, it feels a little bit like a companion to, um, uh oh gosh 20 minutes to midnight almost yeah 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 yeah. which is which is also uh you know a good kind of globe trotting national treasure Mm -hmm. kind of thing 
Um, I think 20 minutes to midnight, uh, does a little bit more work with the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, than this one does. This one is more like just cool concepts. Yeah. Like the the Gilded Age, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Guild is cool. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea of this line of bodyguards, uh, (laughs) that have this job that's cool. Yeah. You know, and it, it's sweet. This I, the, Billy being able to team up with Rusty Venger to solve a mystery is very sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it just hangs together in kind of a weird way to me. Mm-hmm. Not bad, you know, yeah. but just kind of like puts it kind of in the middle of the season for me when my memories of this were like, oh man, that's the one where everything changes. And I think what I was remembering was my feeling when I first watched it and was like, holy shit. Yeah. You yeah. know, everything's different now. <laughs> uh, and that's just not kind of not the show that we're we're watching. No, no. Uh, and yeah. you know, we're, we're, as we talk about the balance between jokes and story, they're going to get better at hitting that. There's still going to be, you know, two different kinds of episodes, but, uh, you yeah. know, we are still kind of where they're, uh, they're bifurcated, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're figuring it out. Yeah. So nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this would have benefited by being like a two-parter or by being an hour long special or whatever. I think that it was probably a good instinct to cut it down. It is, I think it probably needed to be cut down in a way that, that didn't sacrifice clarity, but I, I, yeah. you know, I, I, I had never felt more um, sympathy for somebody than when Doc Hammer was describing like, Oh, I was, I, you know, I was cutting, uh, you know, description from the script in order to get it down to the proper page count. You know, yeah. As somebody who has who has had to write for time limits before, like, oh, oh no, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to decide what you're willing to get rid of, but also like what is necessary and how to paper over that loss is a very difficult thing to do. I don't. I don't know if I I uh, would want it to be an hour long special or anything. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like if you take this with the two finale episodes. Mm And, uh, between those, those three episodes, I think that like the, the finale episodes of the season, I like a lot, mm-hmm. but they, it is very bifurcated. Like the first episode is just kind of like assassin fun yeah, with yeah. Bronk, which like, I'm not, I don't want to get rid of that. That's very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not very plot important, you know? Right. And then the second half ends up being significantly more so. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like these three episodes would make like a great two episodes, yeah, no. You know, or like these three episodes, if you moved, you know, took some of the time from the first part of the finale and used it here mm-hmm. for some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, I almost would have done it like um, the intro to season seven, which yeah. is essentially a three-parter. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, you know, treat all three of these episodes together as if it was a miniature movie that you were, that you were uh, separating into parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just kind of shuffle some stuff around. Yeah. You know, move you know. some detail and incident out of orb spread it uh into the next couple a little more keep people separated uh and you know in a yeah. way yeah and uh have have uh, concurrent storylines going on you know ambition is no bad thing nope. it's not obnoxious that it's too ambitious yep you know it's just a little unwieldy mm-hmm. um if people like the show they should head on over to patreon.com slash duck feed tv uh that is the strongest thing you can do to support mm-hmm. us yeah uh, close behind that is telling a friend or leaving a rating or review in iTunes or whichever directory you get this show from. Yeah. Yeah. We would appreciate it. Um, you can also tell your friends if you have Venture Brothers friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back next episode with a um, you know, an episode with the finale, and then we'll do the season three wrap-up, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have things to say about the season three, we'll read some responses if people have those. Yep. So we'll put out the call for that more, but we're, as we're approaching the end of the season, 
um, that is more extant. More, yeah. uh, more on the horizon. Mm-hmm. If you have thoughts about those, like on, like on the way, you know, uh, as, as we approach uh, where you would write those in, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. There's a button for writing it about orb. Uh, you can click mm-hmm. there and, uh, and it will go to the right place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's everything. Um, until next time. Go, go Team, team Venture. Venture.